Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Embracing the Gray with Vic and Kels, where we are here to challenge the all or nothing thinking when it comes to all things food, body, and mindset. And today we've got a hot topic for you. Like I am so excited to be talking about this with you, Vic. We are going to be talking about why are you overeating so much at night or why are you eating so much at night? I get this question all of the time, um, or this is just what people come to me like, this is their biggest struggle. They do good with food most of the day, but then somehow at night or when they come home from work, it's just like the, all hell breaks loose. So I'm super excited to talk about this topic. How are you doing, Miss Vic? I'm doing well. I'm excited to be here. Thank you guys for always tuning in. We very much so appreciate it. Um, so going into this, when I first was going to my therapist, when I first kind of discovered I needed to get help, the very first question she asked me was, well, what are you eating during the day? And this was more related to, I'm struggling so hard with binge eating and I don't know how to stop and I don't know what's causing it. And I don't, I didn't know all these things. And it was like, well, tell me about what your day looks like and what your foods look like. So before you start tormenting yourself with questions of why, 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 our biggest thing here is just taking the reminder that we can't go into any of the other things and really start diving into any of those things until there is some type of regular eating pattern. Yes. And once that question is answered, and if there is still things that are, and there will be things that are struggle or, you know, you're on the struggle bus with, or it's very challenging. It's a lot easier to tackle those things when there's some regularity. Oh my gosh. Seriously. I I just had a client yesterday. We had our one-on-one -on -one call and her biggest thing is she's like, all of a sudden, like she's, she's a doctor, right? She's um, in her residency about to start her fellowship. And like, all of a sudden, all she started doing when working with me was just to start having more of a regular eating pattern, come back to basics, eating breakfast, <laughs> eating lunch, uh, and, and just eating more through the day. And it's completely changed everything. I seriously, guys, I cannot stress this enough. Having breakfast, lunch, and afternoon snack, a planned snack between lunch and dinner, and then dinner, having those, having a general kind of flexible structure to those things, not skipping meals, it will change your life. <laughs> and it will absolutely help you to not have those cravings and to not have those that hunger at night. And I know that a lot of us, we tend to skip breakfast, either we don't have time for it, or we skip lunch, or we're just kind of like rushing lunch in the car, or um, we're at our computer, we're not even paying attention. Um, and sometimes we do those things because we're afraid, we're trying to save up our calories in case we overeat later, or we're trying to make up for all the overeating we did the night before. And I just want you to recognize how much that keeps the the extreme like pendulum swinging and that the only way for you to really stop like binging and overeating at night is for you to start making sure that you're eating enough at consistent times during the day. Yeah. And I would say the other part is if you do have an overeating or binging episode, the something really, really hard for me to grasp 
at the beginning when I started my journey was like the best thing you can do for yourself is to have a no- your normal scheduled meal with after like you know say that happened at 3 p.m well that was generally my snack time so I was still going to make my dinner in the evening so that I didn't just not eat from three until eight the next morning when I was going to have breakfast because you are then just perpetuating the problem into the next day. And I mean, that's when you get into those cycles and you start developing ineffective behaviors and habits. And then you really feel stuck because you're like, this one little decision kind of just sent you into a spiral and you're so exhausted and you're your threshold to deal with life, normal life things is even lower because you're feeling shame and you're feeling all of these things. Absolutely. So that's step one, no matter what, no matter where you are, if you are especially are struggling with overeating at night, really, truly start taking a look at what your eating schedule and what you're doing and eating during the day and trying to have those balanced meal experiences, I would say at least four meal experiences during the day. Um, Obviously it can be based on you and your schedule and your preferences, but that would be big step one. All right, step two, when it comes to understanding why you might be overeating at night, we kind of wanted to talk about like how we can sometimes get into this habit loop that it just like, So one thing to recognize when there's a habit, there are five triggers for any habit. There are four external triggers and one internal trigger. I encourage you to write these down. I pop quiz my clients on these on our group calls all the time. But the more awareness you have about these triggers, the better. I love that there's this quote by Carl Jung that says, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. So you keep feeling, I don't know why I keep overeating at night. I don't know why I keep doing this. Let's start becoming aware and conscious of this unconscious behavior of these habits. So the five triggers, number one, location or environment, right? Notice, is it in the same place? um, Is it always in the kitchen? Or Vic brought up right before we hit record, always in the car. I have another client who... Anytime she's in the car, she's always driving to and from um, to visit clients. Anytime she's in the car, that was a time that triggered her to mindlessly grab a snack or to mindlessly eat. So recognize location or environment. Trigger number two, time of day. So recognizing, is it always you know, right um, when, you know, time of day, is it always in the evening? Is it always after work? Is it in the morning? What time of day is this happening for you? Trigger number three are the people that you're around or not around. So thinking about that as far as like, there may be people that you're triggered to drink alcohol around and you wouldn't ordinarily drink around them or sorry, in in general, but when you're around these people, maybe you're more triggered to drink. Another way of thinking about this is, are there people when people are not around and you're alone and all of a sudden you don't feel like you have the judgment of other people? Is that when you're triggered to eat certain foods, right? When people are not around. Trigger number four is the immediate preceding action. So think about this. I get off a Zoom meeting and I go right to the pantry, right? It's like habit stacking, but in a way that we don't want it to be. It could be that the the moment I come home from work, I set my work bag down and I go right to the refrigerator. 
Um, it could be the moment that everybody goes to bed, then I go to the refrigerator, right? So just kind of recognizing what is the immediate preceding action. So those are the four external triggers. And the last trigger is an internal trigger, and that is your emotional state. And really getting clear, like, whenever I feel overwhelmed, then I go to this thing. Or whenever I feel lonely, whenever I feel um, fear of rejection, whatever it is, what is the emotional state that you are experiencing and how might that be triggering this habit loop and a habit loop in case you're unaware you have a trigger or cue and then you have the the response the actual routine the actual behavior the actual habit which then always has a reward. And I know oftentimes we think that the reward is the food, right? The sugar, whatever else, but usually often the reward is distraction or um, of being able to avoid something or numb an uncomfortable emotion. Um, or again, like being able to feel like you had some you time, whatever it is, that's usually what the reward is in this sense. Anything you wanna add when it comes to overeating at night as, as just this is a habit. I think when you mentioned like the people you are around or not around, I think a big part. So a lot of times, <laughs> just something I thought about like years and years ago, what happens, what, especially like if you're out to eat with family or friends or something, when you do struggle with overeating, it's always like you want to appear like you're not eating a lot in front of people. I don't, this just came top of mind. And so I would purposely order the salad to put on some type of like front when in reality, like my external, my body was a reflection of what I was doing when people weren't around. And it was like, there was a point where it's like, do I order this out or do I just order what I want? Because people can see me like, and, and there's, there's clearly something internally, other things that are going on. Um, but I feel like just a good way to kind of exposure therapy, if you will, is when you are around people, if, if it's a struggle for you to eat around people or you just avoid it, just start engaging in that. If you can around people that where, you know, you're safe and it's maybe a family member that you really appreciate, or you guys are going to brunch or something. And just kind of putting yourself in a situation where you are enjoying the meal and you're ultimately getting to that satisfactory hunger level, because then you're also not going to set yourself up for failure when you get home because you didn't eat the thing you wanted to eat. Um, that was one that just out of the five you were talking about, I, that was a really big one for me was just taking ownership of like, no, I can have a meal just like everyone else. And I'm going to order something that is going to, you know, is a good balance of what I need. And I'm not going to pretend like I'm not eating because what is the point of that at the end of the day? This is huge. Honestly, this could be a whole separate oh, yeah. episode and I think we could do it. I, I have so many clients who are actually triggered to overeat at night from their partner, from, from their spouse, because they have all of this whether it's a projection, whether it's real or not, they have all these insecurities and fears of judgment 
of their partner judging them for what they're eating. And so once their partner is either out of the house or in bed or whatever else, or they're sneaking it, right? They're, they're hiding the food somewhere so their partner doesn't know. And it's just really interesting. But I, I like again, we can deep dive and talk about that in an episode and how to deal with that in a separate episode. But for right now, with this topic, I just want you guys to start being aware, huh? Am I only struggling with food when I'm not around a certain person or when I'm alone? And I, I, I rather than criticism, self-criticism or judgment, can you be curious and just be interesting? Interesting that I feel this way. Is it because I'm ashamed of what I'm eating? Is there guilt? Is there fear? What are some of the feelings that are coming up with this particular food? And then just like you said, how can I start having some exposure therapy and allowing myself to eat some of these foods in public, making it a conscious decision and choice because I'm an adult and I can do that. I love that. I think the the biggest thing, and we can kind of dive into what this looks like, like some of the questions that you can ask yourself of when an urge comes up, um, something that we talked about is like urge surfing. And what does that really mean? And I think once kind of when you dabble into whether it's intuitive eating, like habit formation, it's hard because I remember being at the place of finding intuitive eating and giving myself unconditional permission, like, and it was almost like on the other side of the spectrum where it was like, oh, I can have the Oreos every single night. And then that in itself becomes a habit. Yes. Like, so, so there is just this balance. There is a balance that it, and I, I am still on that journey of like, allowing myself those things when it's appropriate. Also knowing I have X, Y, and Z goals. And maybe that day it's really not in line with that. Or maybe I'm in an emotional state where I'm like, no, this is just going to bring me down further than what I'm already feeling. So I kind of just want to talk about that because I think in the intuitive eating world, it can get really hard to distinguish. Like what is, when is, where's that stopping point? And when is it appropriate to say, yeah, tonight might not, I don't need this every night. Oh, this is such a big topic. And I realize like, this is the biggest thing that I help so many of my clients with. So many of them have come into this place where they were like super over restrictive. Everything was whole 30 or keto or paleo or whatever they were following to a T. Then they were like me finding like intuitive eating, this idea of like food freedom, whatever else. And it's just like, all right, well, clearly like having those restrictive food rules that didn't work, um, you know, restriction causes you to binge, blah, blah, blah. So you take out all the food rules, but then you're still in this extreme. You're still in this place where like, but eating these things isn't in alignment with my goals or my values or who I'm trying to be. I, I want to be able to enjoy them, but I don't want to feel like I have to have it every night. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so like, it is finding this gray zone, which welcome to embracing the gray. Um, and like you said, being able to allow yourself and being able to also know, hey, maybe not tonight. So I, I, I think that this really comes down to you being able to sit back and pause and ask yourself 
why. I always, always, always firmly believe that it is more important for us to think about why and how we are eating more than we are worried about what it is. So question. Yes. I have a crazy long day at work. I had my three meals. I went, I had my pre-workout snack, went to the gym, had my dinner with my family. It's 8 p.m. Where, where is the lot? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I need X, Y, and Z. So we answered the question of like, and so then I'm like, I I'm opening the fridge and I'm like, why am I eating so much at night? I just had my, I had my four eating experiences. Let's go from there of Mm -hmm. like, we had the regular meal. We moved our body. We got the endorphin rush, had the pre-workout snack, had a great satiating meal. Next. Next. Okay. I, I love this. So I think for me, I personally am someone who genuinely does enjoy dessert. Like I I enjoy having something sweet. I enjoy that ice cream experience um, or that whatever. I I make a chocolate mug cake that is just mm, so good. Or just, I have like a bar of chocolate, which so amazing that I can just keep these like bars of chocolate. I can keep desserts in the house and I can just have a couple squares and then I'm great. I feel satisfied. So For me, if I'm in that space, I'm in that moment, I want to pause and I ask myself, what do I really need right now? That's the first question, no matter what. I've got clients, they put sticky notes all over the pantry or or on those certain foods and be like, what do I really need right now? And it's just this moment for you to go inward and be like, okay, obviously at this point, I know it's not physical hunger, right? We've gotten the physical hunger figured out, whatever else. It could be that I need to just, you know, take a breath. I need to feel calm. I want to feel unwound. It could be that I really just want this experience. So for me, then if I want the experience, if I want the chocolate, if I want the ice cream, then I'm going to sit down and I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to savor it. I'm going to eat it slowly because that is what I said I needed right now. And like me just slamming it in my mouth and not even tasting it, that is not, what is the point? Like, so if I can, if it's like a couple of squares of chocolate, can I make a nice tea? Can I sit down at the table? Can I maybe play some nice music or light a candle or just like make it an experience? That's totally different from me just like, be in the fridge and just standing in the fridge and filling my mouth with food. Um, same scenario, mm-hmm. same girl rushes out the door, woke up late, late to work, has a horrible day. Um, had a random salad that was in the, the fridge for lunch. Um, didn't make it to the gym dinner, mac and cheese, because that was all that she had in the pantry. That was like, you know, it was just something quick forgot to go to the grocery store. So that was it. 8 PM rolls around. Mm. She's had a hard day. She opens the fridge. Why am I eating so much at night? (laughs) It's like, first girl, you had a rough day. Call it what it is. You didn't have your normal eating experiences. And I, at that point, it's so interesting because at that point, I honestly, 
And it's, it's difficult. Like then, then you really have to pause and you have to ask yourself, like, is eating the chocolate or is eating these things, is that actually going to make me feel better right now? Is that actually what I need right now? Like, and I know it's been a hard day. What can you do to calm your nervous system? Like that's in my mind, like the biggest thing you could do is start getting ready for bed so that you can actually get a good night's sleep maybe preparing um, your food or thoughts for tomorrow, setting your clothes out for tomorrow, um, taking time to journal, to listen to music, um, making a hot tea. Like it's, I, I understand that again, like, well, I want then, but that is the, but I want you to ask, like, is it actually that that's the experience you want right now? Or are you genuinely just like, well, F it, I don't even care anymore. Like how, what do you really need right now? <laughs> I think that's still my question. No, and I just, I'm saying these things. Cause I mean, these right. are things, well, like there are times where it's been a great day and yeah, it might've been overwhelming and there was some great, and there was some not so great moments. And there are times where I'm like, no, I, and I feel good. And I also have things on hand, like at my house that for instance, like the Trader Joe's, they're like, it's like this little monkey on a little yellow box and he's holding bananas and they have chocolate covered bananas or like true fruit. I also always have like the two good yogurts. Mm -hmm. Those are great. Like those have a lot of protein in them. They don't have a lot of added sugar. You can add some fresh strawberries. You can add whipped cream or like a sugar-free pudding or regular pudding. So I always have those on hand for when, you know, I do want something, but there also are times where I'm in the second category and the day's just been a, a mess. Mm -hmm. And maybe I went for the mac and cheese because that was just, it sounded good. But I had just, for instance, I had a bunch of Fairlife protein shakes in the fridge. Yeah. And in that moment, I would be like, okay, what did I eat today? I would look at my eight app and be like, oh, I didn't have breakfast. Mm -hmm. I didn't have any protein. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try having a protein shake. And maybe I, that urge is still there to have, I need something sweet. I need something sweet. But maybe just starting with what does your body, like phys physiologically, your body needs carbs, proteins, fats to survive. Yes. Yes. So meeting the like physiological needs. And I think also part of that is the urge surf, like knowing yeah. that there is a craving, a huge, strong craving at hand, but what can you do to temper that for a little bit? It's giving your body what it needs. And then maybe 30 minutes passes and you go take that shower and you get ready for bed. You do your skincare and it's still there. And you're like, okay, like I actually feel a little bit fuller and a little bit more in my right mind to then make the decision if you wanted to have whatever it is. I like um, that a lot. A yeah. lot. Cause I, I mean, that's what I do. It's like, I usually, if I'm having that really intense craving, I always look back at what's going on in my eight app. How long between my meals was it? And if you haven't listened to our eight app episode, you need to, we will yes. link it in the description. Um, it's the app that we use to just create some awareness around our food. But I always kind of go to that and I'm like, what am I missing? Oh, I didn't have enough protein today. And I'm already not going to feel full when I'm not eating a lot of protein. And I love protein shakes. So it's like, I always just have those on hand, especially if it's been a crazy day and I haven't even made dinner yet. 
And the thought, I don't want to just be eating the dinner while I'm cooking it. So that's also a good way to just incorporate that on hand so that you're not going into that cycle later. I think that that's huge. I think maybe I got caught if like when you said mac and cheese, cause that's all she has. Um, but you're, Oh yeah. But I, and this is why, like, I always encourage my clients to have some sort of protein powder or protein bar or something like packs of tuna eggs, some sort eggs, like eggs have been a go-to just source of protein for me. They're super quick and simple, but making sure that I do I, as much as possible, I'm getting that protein carbohydrates and fat. Like you need all three. And like you said, so first and foremost, again, I'm opening the pantry that that sticky note, what do I need right now? I probably need a little bit more nourishment. I probably need to like unwind and calm my nervous system a little bit. And then if I do, like you said, if I do still want that, that dessert experience, great. Now my nervous system has come down a little bit more and I can actually enjoy the experience as opposed to just me just trying desperately to calm. And I know that not everybody understand, may not know like urge surfing, but I, I love, I'm going to get a tattoo that my next tattoo, I know what it is. It'll be right here, like under my, like the inside of my um, arm, like right under my elbow. That's where I'd like to get a wave. Mm-hmm. And it really is to like, for that idea of like sur- surfing the urge. And it's really interesting because ever since healing my relationship with food, like surfing the urge to eat is so simple. Like I never thought that would be possible, but seriously, like the idea of like emotional eating, overeating, binge eating, it just really isn't much of an issue. It's not a very hard thing for me to surf. Now it's kind of interesting to recognize those urges for distraction, whether it be mindless scrolling. And so being able to recognize being like, Hey, this is an urge right now, naming it, understanding why, and then can you decide instead to sit with that discomfort and recognize that like doing these things, whatever, whatever overconsumption it is for you, for some people, it's alcohol, for some people, it's Netflix, for some people, it's scrolling, some people, it's shopping, some people, it's food. Yeah. You know that what you're doing is not actually helping you calm down, not actually productive, if that makes sense. Well, and I think the, the, probably the hardest part of all of it is only you can answer these questions. Yes. And a lot of times in the potentially like with client coach relationships, it's like, no, just tell me what to do. It's like, no, what is your body telling you? How is your mind? Like only we know those questions. And if you can confidently and genuinely say like, yes, I'm going to make the decision to get the milkshake, or I'm going to make the decision. Like I know you are the only person that knows if whatever you're about to engage in is going to either better you or make you feel even worse than you're feeling at your baseline right now. And I think that's really hard for people because they want somebody else to validate whatever, like they're wanting somebody else to tell them what they're feeling, but -hmm. nobody can answer that other than you. Yep. No, it, it's true for some, but for someone saying yes to the chocolate is progress. And for another person saying no to the chocolate is progress. And you may be that same someone, and it may just depend on the day and the circumstance and the situation 
You have to be able to sit with it and go inward and have that self-reflection and self-awareness. Is this in alignment with my goals? Is this in alignment with my values, right? You may have like a fitness or fat loss goal and that's perfectly fine and great. But also if you value having a beautiful life experience, you know, or, or, or value being and like that, that's to me too. Like if I'm, if someone's invited me out for dessert or wants to have this thing, that's to me, a relationship building opportunity. That's to me an experience and that's yeah. in alignment with my values. Um, whereas again, if I'm just mindlessly eating this by myself and I'm, it's almost in this place of shame, or if it is coming because it feels like the only way I can get me time or comfort or self-soothing, that's when it's a problem. It's not about the food. It's about why and how you're going about it. And so I think just kind of recapping on those things, again, first and foremost, regular eating pattern where you're having preferably at least four meal experiences with protein, carbohydrates, and fat. Sleep is a huge one as well, guys. When you're able to sleep, that's going to regulate your and balance your hunger and fullness hormones. You're going to be able to make better decisions and judgment with food. Like it's a massive piece of that. So just basically bringing it back to basics is step one. Step two, recognizing your triggers for this just simply being a habit understanding what those five triggers are for a habit and kind of recognizing what might be triggering you right now in this moment. And step three is just understanding those impulses, those urges, and being able to pause, to surf that urge, to ask yourself, what is it that I really need right now? And being able to meet those needs and have a toolkit in order to meet those needs. Anything else that you think I, I missed or we should add in this little recap? No, I love it. Sweet. Please try implementing it at least like truly asking yourself. A lot of this is just asking yourself questions. And once you start kind of embracing that curious mindset, it makes the eating experiences and a lot of this kind of less serious in a way. Like, no, just ask yourself these questions. And the more that you do that, the more intuitive it will become. And it's just part of like, this happens, this urge happens, you feel very impulsive, oh, take a breath. What do I need? What does my body need? And you start creating this different pathway in your brain. Absolutely. So. No, I, I really encourage you guys, if you're struggling with this, or if you feel like you don't understand how to implement this or have any other ideas of what are the things you could do to calm and regulate your nervous system besides food? Like sometimes that's the problem, right? Like, I just don't even know what else to uh, to do to calm down or to feel better besides food. I really encourage you to book just a 20 minute breakthrough session call with me, just an opportunity for you and I to sit down so I can really understand what it is that your current situation is, help you kind of zoom out and realize like, what are some things that may be keeping you stuck and then really give you a step-by-step -step action plan to help you move forward so that you can have a healthier relationship with food, your body, and most importantly, yourself. So we'll leave the link to that free 20 minute breakthrough call down below as well. Anything else? Make sure to check the notes. We'll also have um, like the five triggers and the questions to ask yourself. So you guys can write those down and 
put them everywhere in your kitchen because that's also fun and helpful, especially on colorful sticky notes. Absolutely. How else would you do it? <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you so much for this conversation. Of course. Have a good rest of your day, everyone. Bye guys.